You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and uh, joined in the studio by our full collective here, starting with Jeff. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing all right. Uh, you're you're emitting so much light here. I'm sort of basking in it. You look great today. Matt, well, thank you. how are you doing? You're saying he needs a tan. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. It's very now that the sun you. is out in Chicago, uh, it's possible. Yeah. That's true. Well, that was Ken. Uh, Matt is in front of me wearing sunglasses because it's uh, very bright coming yeah. off of Jeff, as I said. Because it's indoors. And, and, and my, it's indoors. And my future is so bright. Ah. And you know, Timbuk3. Future's bright, man. I'm assuming so. I don't know how this game's going to turn out. And you know, the other thing that's throwing me off right now is that Neil is sitting in Jeff's seat and Jeff is sitting in Neil's seat. So we'll mm-hmm. see if uh, their personalities kind of absorb into each other because of the, the weird dynamic. Yeah. They're stored in the chair. If Jeff yeah. gets a movie question right, then we'll know. <laughs> the personality the enters chair. through the ass. <laughs> it is what, known. That's what they say. Uh, but when it comes to <laughs> the old saying, goes. Uh, yeah, I, I just have to make sure that I, I bring the mood down at some point, just randomly after we all laugh. And <laughs> I'll say there was a you know a genocide somewhere. Um, I'm sure there was. <laughs> uh, we do have a special guest joining us today. Uh, he hosted a great game for us uh, once before, and we were happy to have him back. And that's Paul Paquette from Ottawa. How's it going, Paul? Yay. It's going amazingly well. It's good to be back. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Uh, for the, for those of the the listeners who might not know who you are, why don't you? Uh, give them a little bit of a, a taste of Paul. Tell them what they need to know. Well, uh, the main thing I'm here about, I do TriviaHallOfFame.com. Uh, but the main thing I'm here for this week is we started something new called Smarty Pants Monthly, which is uh, 100 fun questions that you write. You take an hour, you write them. And I've got questions from the last one that I'm going to do for you guys today. Awesome. Great. And where can people uh, find or sign up for Smarty Pants? If you go to TriviaHallOfFame.com, there'll be a link there called Smarty Pants, and there will be a MailChimp sign-up that hopefully will work. The idea is you do it the last weekend of uh, the last Saturday of the month. So you can write either by yourself, you can get some friends, you can do it as a pair, a team. The idea is it's supposed to be a lot of fun, because they do a lot of these in Europe, and they're very serious. This is meant to be fun. So a lack of seriousness and a little bit of knowledge, and this is a great place to be yeah, doing there this. There you go. It seems very on brand. It is Someone very... knows our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul has been a listener for a long time, and uh, we appreciate that. And I feel like with his uh, with the Smarty Pants uh, game, we should all get together like the Midnight Society from Are You Afraid of the Dark <laughs> around campfire and answer questions, scary questions. Ooh, yeah, only if they're scary. That's yeah. true. Um, well, yeah, make sure you check out uh, Smarty Pants, and you go to triviahalloffame dot com and uh, reach out to Paul and and get on that bandwagon because it's going to be mm-hmm. a, a real fun time. Today, I believe, is going to be a, a normal game in our usual format. Is that right, Paul? Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So if that means uh, it's going to be two on two here in the studio. And as Ken said, I'm sitting in Jeff's seat. Jeff's sitting in my seat, which means there's going to be a, a new team today. Uh, Matt and I usually don't play together. Correct. Or, or at least in a long time. I can't remember the last time we did. I don't it's prefer a bit. it. Yeah, Matt doesn't prefer it. Um, <laughs> Ever since we worked at Starbucks together, we decided one thing: we would never play trivia together. Yeah, um, which kind of we failed at, but horribly, horribly. We did um, the one thing we shouldn't have done: is start a trivia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were kind of trying to go over a team name here, and mm-hmm. uh, since we both worked at Starbucks, uh, I think we're going to be the two Dopios. Mm-hmm. 
because we're dumb. <laughs> the Dopio, uh, what is it? Uh, Dopio double, double shot espresso. espresso. Yeah. Since me and uh, Jeff are such old friends uh, and we're old chums, I think we should be the old bums since we kind of suck at trivia. Mm-hmm. Two chum bums. So the old bums versus the two dopeos, uh, which makes sense because when we used to work at Starbucks, there'd be a table full of old men mm-hmm. who just sat there and talked all day mm-hmm. and drank dopeos. Read the newspaper. Yeah. Nice. Great. Remember newspapers, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, today uh, let's have Paul Paquette uh, do his best impression of the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. There is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. Wow, very nice impression. I think we need to hire somebody different. Spot on. I barely even noticed the difference. Darren is out. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I was worried I'd get that Canadian oot out thing going, but I I think I mastered it. I don't know. Whoever your voice coach is, I mean, Daniel Mm -hmm. D. Lewis should call him up because... (laughs) Yeah. He's great. You should hear my Christopher Walken. That's pretty good, too. All right. Maybe later. <laughs> yeah, maybe a lot later. <laughs> so are we ready to roll? Yes. So these are all questions from the April installment of Smarty Pants. So if you played that, you're going to do very, very well over the next hour. This is our first question. A 2009 Twitter fad was called Backflix, in which movies are described backward. For example, what movie is this? Quote, a magic hockey player heals some injured teens so they can go home from summer camp. All right, Matt is writing down something. I agree with that. And All right, you, cool. Yeah, you don't know what it says, but you agree. I agree. We're going to lock in. All right. So I think what we're looking for is a movie. If it's backwards, it's a guy who's injuring kids at a summer camp or teens hockey player. Right. I don't. That doesn't ring a bell to me, though. Does it ring a bell to you? Was a was it like a reboot of a like a sli- previous slasher movie in that era? Oh nine, right? Oh, the trend was for oh nine. It would it was the thing on Twitter in oh nine. Oh okay, of course. So then it's um yeah Friday the Thirteenth, right? I think so. Not the first one. Two Friday the Thirteenth two. I'll trust you on that. <laughs> We're in. Oh, that's interesting. Well, Friday the Thirteenth three is the first one with the hockey mask, but. Perhaps that they're if they are using the remake or just the overall character. We we just said Friday the Thirteenth. We'll take anything in the Friday the yeah. Thirteenth series. All right, thank so. you. I think it was very specific. <laughs> Points all around. Yeah, I wrote down I wrote down Jason, which I know that's not the right character, is it? That's right. Okay. Jason I was thinking of an actual hockey player, yeah. like an idiot. I I was too immediately. I said, "There's no magic in the Mighty Ducks except for Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the Minnesota Miracle Man. Yeah. He's the second best Estevez. There you go. <laughs> Number two. What nursery rhyme involving an ovoid and a barrier is also an apt illustration of entropy and the second law of thermodynamics? <laughs> you got it. Yep, we're okay. in. Oh, geez. Oh, boy. Okay, do you know the second law of thermodynamics? Um, so I think that... You're starting in the wrong spot. <laughs> I know. What's it, what about entropy? I mean, that's when you can't move your Correct. limb, right? That's the fate of all of us, Neil. Yeah. Um, so can you just name I think, any nurse? I think this is, if you're looking, this is, a, so I think it's Humpty Dumpty, but I'm not 100% oh, sure. Oh, ovoid, a barrier, entropy. What's an ovoid? You know? <laughs> I have no uh, idea. Dang it. And yeah. they know it's so break, fast. Break it down. <laughs> break it down. Ovoid. Oh, a barrier. Oh, wait. Uh, put them back together again. I don't know. Break it down. <laughs> just break down the word ovoid. Yeah. Oh, ovoid. Oh, oh. Like something with a void that's empty? <laughs> you avoid the noid. All right, so just, <laughs> just lock in, please. Okay. <laughs> Put us out of our misery. We said, uh, we're we're going to lock in with Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. yeah. An ovoid is an egg. Yeah, an ovum okay. is an egg, yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Neil, you definitely went, went at that the hardest way possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Humpty Dumpty for us. Um, but actually, interesting enough, Humpty Dumpty, is, it does not contain the fact that he's an egg in yep. the nursery rhyme. Oh. It's just like kind of a... Kind of a general conception. Hmm. How about that? So he could just be splattered. <laughs> so maybe you could uh, re-scramble that egg. Yeah, that's and, right. And unscramble it. 
But the second law of thermodynamics is what entropy and the idea that the universe is gradually falling apart and we are all marching slowly towards our deaths. So okay. we're moving to higher disordered states. <laughs> do you know do you know how much uh, effort I expend on a daily basis to forget about that that you just reminded me of? <laughs> if I the last time I was here was all about slowly pushing you into pornography this time would be to push you into despair it'll be, be our, our objective this time i don't i don't think ken needs a nudge in that direction <laughs> in both respects number three in france's version of the simpsons what insult is dubbed singe manjou de fromage oh um i can help you with that you know the simpsons i know french matt mm-hmm. yeah. all right we're locked in is Monsieur your... is like mr or sir no, no, it's Monsieur. Um, um, is this anything? Is there any line that Bart says something about like cutting the cheese or no. something? Oh no, that's uh, that's uh, El, uh, El Coupe le Fromage. Do you think it could be uh, eat my shorts? It's not anything, but that's a very possibly. But fromage is cheese. Okay. Uh, is there any famous Simpsons line with cheese in it? Cheese eating surrender monkeys. Okay. That's what uh, mm. that's what uh, Willie calls. Um, I forget what it is, but it's said, French. It's, it, it is said in one of the episodes, and if you said it's cheese, that's all I can think of. So. Okay. I mean, you know Simpsons, so yeah, let's do that. What, what was it? Cheese? Uh, cheese eating surrender monkeys. Okay. We're locked in. And we just said, eat my shorts. It is cheese eating surrender monkeys. Yeah. Nice. Finally got a Simpsons. Team Dopios. <laughs> Although somebody probably did an analysis, and probably the French have actually done better in battles than other European yeah, nations almost over anybody, the great right? swath of history, yeah. but... So it goes. Uh, next up, barf is an Iranian line of soaps and laundry detergents. In what Iranian language does barf mean snow? I mean, I could take a guess as to the predominant one. Take a guess. We're locked in. Well, it's not uh, Arabic, right? Yeah. Unless. Probably wrong. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, though. We can lock in with that. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. We're going to lock in with Arabic. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the most commonly spoken language in Iran. So we guessed Arabic. Arabic is a language, but it's not the right language. Mm. It's Farsi, or we would have taken Persian as well. Oh. Farsi. Although we don't think of it that way, what international landmark is also a 17th century mausoleum? Yeah, we're locked in. Yep. This possibly be the Taj Mahal. That's possible. I I thought that the mausoleum, um, the Arc de Triomphe, was uh, a, a mausoleum. I believe. Okay. I'm trying. There was a British one where there's like someone buried under there. Um, it was like oh. from a Dan Brown novel. I can't remember though. Um, <laughs> that actually, that I mean, those are based off very, 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 very loose. You're wait. You're telling me that Tom Hanks didn't find the daughter of Jesus or great, 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 great daughter <laughs> of Jesus? Um, I don't. Do you want to just go Arc de Triomphe? Yeah, we could do that. I think it's a mausoleum. Okay. okay. Were you thinking of uh, the Tower of London? Are there people buried there? Oh, maybe. There's people buried under churches in London for sure. Anyways, something that's definitely a mausoleum is the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal is the mausoleum. Uh, that's my bad. Right. Although I think Napoleon built the Arc de Triomphe, the idea of that he would be, he would be entombed there, but I don't, just don't think that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's where I must have gotten it then. Let's say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and after uh, five questions, looks like we're tied thirty to thirty. All right. right. Number six. I have appeared in nearly 50 movies that have made nearly $30 billion in international box office. Mind you, I've done it mostly through cameos. Who am I? Yeah, he's got to be the only one, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I can think of several that make a lot of sense. That makes makes sense. I think we're all on the same page here. Yeah, we're locked in. Yeah, we're so yeah, Excelsior. We're we're locked in. Um, initially, I was thinking Samuel Jackson, but when he said mostly cameos, then you'd want to go someone who really only, really only cameos, which is Stan Lee. Yeah. That was our answer. Yeah, that definitely did occur to me. But Sam L was also in the Star Wars franchise, so mm. I wanted to go with Sam L. Jackson, not the other one. I have Stan Lee. All right. All right. All right. So we made up. We made up the ten points then. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. I couldn't think of 50 films. I could think of about 30. And Endgame's well, he's in, he's last in, cameo, right? We'll see. Oh. He filmed um, a bunch of them. Yeah. So. Uh, he is in the non-MCU Marvel movies, too. Almost all yeah. of them. Okay. So. That's what he I was, was in the thinking. Teen Titans movie, too. The Teen Titans cartoon. And yeah, probably so. something with uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Mall rats. Number seven. 
what movie star was elected to the board of the Archaeological Institute of America in 2008? That, that, I like how pop culture this game is so yeah. far. Yeah, I are, don't. I do because it moves <laughs> fast. These are great. Yeah, Paul, if you're not signed up for Smarty Pants yet, please do so because if this is what it's like, yeah, I'm going to email them right now. Um, <laughs> uh, we're locked in. You're locked in. So Matt wrote down Harrison Ford, which I think makes sense. Um, Indiana Jones. It's kind of one of those like uh, fake degrees that they give people for right they're just trying to grab attention yeah they're like hey look what we did indiana jones is in the right yeah whatever and i doubt it's the uh the canon films knockoff uh quarter main mm-hmm. um or the patrick swayze knockoff where he was indiana jones but yeah. I, I like that let's go harrison ford yep we had the same thought that uh, might be due to his role as indiana jones and we said harrison ford it was indeed due to his role as Harrison Ford. I've always thought the best questions are the ones you don't know right away, but you're able to figure out from the clues and the questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, Harrison, uh, did you like that question? Thank you so much for inducting me into the, <laughs> you, to you the Archaeological <laughs> Hall of Fame. Great, great question, kid. I bet you have a good Christopher Walken, too. <laughs> Maybe later. We'll find out. <laughs> Number eight, Wonder Woman creator William Moulton Marston also helped invent what device, which happens to do the same thing that Wonder Woman's lasso does. Oh, I have an interesting angle on this one, but I kind of want to talk it out. Mm. But we want to talk it out. Oh. We're at an impasse. Close your ears. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to lock in. Okay. Okay, so Wonder Woman's lasso um, makes you tell the truth mm-hmm. is one thing. Um, the original angle I was going on, so the creator of Wonder Woman uh, was actually very much into uh, S&M. And uh, um, okay. I didn't know if this had anything to do with like rope tying of mm-hmm. some sort um, or fastening, I guess, right. because he was kind of in that. He stuff. didn't invent, but he perfected the art of uh, shibari. Sh- <laughs> uh, Kids, that's uh, that's Japanese uh, rope binding. Maybe I was too quick to promise no pornography in this one. Don't Google it. Also, Jeff learned a thing today. <laughs> I learned that in Boy Scouts. I don't know what they're teaching. NSFW. Um, so after rereading or rehearing the question, it now makes me think that it has something to do with truth. It's maybe yeah. a lie detector? Right. And so Wonder Woman comes out in the 50s, right? 50s, 60s. Earlier, I, I think either like 40s. Because the TV, the Linda Cardellini TV shows. Linda what? Cardellini Linda TV show yeah. was a different thing. Yeah. That was, that was, well, she saying. was a Wonder Woman on Freaks and Geeks. Don't yeah. shortchange her. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so what were you saying? So that's 70s. So we're looking at least, right? 50s. Yeah. Somewhere. And that's, I mean, a, that's around the time that this. What a lie detector. I mean, I guess it does the same thing. You have to tell the truth to pass, right? Correct. Okay. Um, do you want to go with that? Yeah, lie detector. All right, lie detector. Uh, same. Though we did uh, pour over the idea of doing a sodium pentothal, which is usually the mm. um, the, the truth serum in movies. Also as effective. Well, points all around. Everybody's right. All it right. is the lie detector or the polygraph. Oh, wonderful. And I'm showing Jeff some pictures of Shibari. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So when you took me to that Japanese restaurant... <laughs> I don't eat sushi, right? I don't eat fish, but I eat vegetables, sushi. And on the menu, I said, what is this shibari? And you're like, well, that it's $100, but if you really have to be committed if you want it. And so that's what that was. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not. Mm. Okay. Well, moving on. And next up. I'm sorry. Was the answer lie detector? <laughs> it was. It was. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, this is a question I got some good feedback on. What is the only Muslim-majority city to have hosted an Olympic Games, in this case, the Winter Olympics? Oh, that's a great question. I think I'm right. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're going to lock in with uh, Jeff's guess. Okay. okay. You so, said what country, though, right? Uh, city. Muslim majority city. Yeah. Oh, so maybe that's not right. So initially, my train of thought here was uh, the Sochi Olympics uh-huh. uh, was in Russia, which is in Asia. But now that I'm thinking, I was thinking continent wise, not city wise. But Right. Can you think of any other Olympic cities that would have had a. Winter Olympics that might have been warmer. Yeah. Well, Nagano, which was... Uh, Japan, right? Yeah, I don't think that's right. No. Um, I'm having a hard time even coming up with Winter Olympics right now. Oh, I am too. come on. You can get a Mormon one. Let's let's lock in with Sochi because we don't have anything else. Okay. Boy, if you're right, I'm going to be really mad because um, I think it's Sochi. 
Uh, good guess. It's actually in Bosnia. It's Sarajevo. Oh, that's Ooh. right. I've, I've been there, actually, and they've had a civil war in the interim, so it's kind of sad, but buildings are still in disrepair from the war, which is kind of sad. So a lot of the Olympic site is gone, oh, unfortunately. Right. That's sad. Let's move on, then. <laughs> yeah, you pulled a Jeff there, so I didn't even have yeah. to do it. All right. Uh, in the Final Fantasy video games, it produces magic. Yes. In the Futurama cartoon, Nibbler excretes it as fuel. In the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is revealed to be the white polystyrene pellets that equipment is packed in. In reality, it's a mystery substance found throughout the universe. What is it? Mm. Locked in. Yeah, same. I'll let Matt take this in one. In Chicago, it's a coffee company, I believe. Uh, we're looking at dark matter. Yep, we said... Just made that joke in the last episode. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I, I asked should, a dark matter question. I should listen to the previous shows. <laughs> well, you couldn't have been. It was you recorded like two hours ago. Yeah, well, you know, the magic of recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, we said dark matter. Yep, dark matter it is. Okay, so after the first round, looks like uh, we are at 60 points, and I think you guys are the same, right? 70. Uh, we have 70. Oh. <laughs> oh, the Sam L question. Thanks that, to Stan That was a Stan Lee. Lee. Thank you, Sam. LCR. Yep, Thanks yeah, we were at 70. All right, so slight lead going into the swing round for, uh, what the hell was your team name? Uh, we are two, two Dopios. The, the two Dopios. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul, what do you have in store for us with the swing round? Every Christmas, there is one toy that every kid wants. I'm going to give you a year, a clue about the toy, and you name the toy. All right. All right. Uh, number one, 1983, Dolls You Adopted. Number two, 1984, Robots in Disguise. Number three, 1993, originally a non-functioning prop from Home Alone 2. Number four, 1995, Ty Warner Collectibles. Uh, Number five, 1996, Tycho's Sesame Street Merch. Uh, six, 1997, Virtual Pet. Number seven, 1998, Tiger Electronics Polyglot. Number eight, 2001, Dolls with Attitude. Number nine, 2009, Plush Robotic Go-Go Hamsters. And finally, 10 from 2016, Eggborn Chatter. We'll we'll uh, talk about it uh, for a moment, but uh, there's something you wanted to mention, right? Always, I'm always very keen to talk about our our Patreon because that's the lifeblood of our show. So, Patreon, what's that? Patreon is a great way that you can support us as independent content creators, and in return, get a little bit something back, like what, bonus what's, what's episodes, sign posters. Oh. Ken will show up at your house. And sing you a uh, telegram. That perk is very expensive and also probably not worth your time. But there's a lot of other great ones out there for if you. If you pay enough, he'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real perk. And you can get all of those and more at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Yeah, one of my favorites, actually, we had uh, Kiana Cutney, who's been on the show before. She asked for a Dutch boy birthday greeting that we sent her, an audio <laughs> greeting. Uh, the, the guys here heard it. It's uh, the most messed up thing I've ever heard. It's yeah. glorious. It is a little weird. I had uh, very low sleep and, and, and did that. <laughs> uh, and then Ryan Boyd uh, down in uh, New Zealand, he asked for a voicemail um, of me saying where he was, why he wasn't coming to the phone, like I do with Matt. And uh, it was a good one. So <laughs> When I don't go to the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. So if you're a United States champion or higher, uh, you get a custom audio recording of whatever you'd like business promotion birthday voicemail um you know us kind of yelling at one of your friends something for yourself Ooh, matt (laughs) matt's matt's getting cheeky i like it uh so yeah uh like jeff said a lot of cool options and uh, all of those of you who've gotten your posters post them on the crop let everyone see them Mm -hmm. and just a general thank you to anybody who supports the show on patreon we very much appreciate it Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw... (gasps) 
Ava, thought she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like <laughs> she should have, exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. After some discussion, all of our answers are locked in uh, with a little trip down to the cellar to play with some of these toys. And a quick uh, production note, uh, somebody's chainsawing right outside of our window. So if you hear a chainsaw gently humming in the background, uh, don't worry. Nothing to be concerned about. It's just a tree. I think the real shame of it is that I looked out the window and this person doesn't know how to use a chainsaw. So, <laughs> All right. So we we're talking about the top toys for each year. Uh, 1983, dolls you adopted. Uh, we adopted them right out of the Cabbage Patch. So we said Cabbage Patch dolls. Yeah, I just missed out on these by a couple years. Uh, cabbage Patch. Ding, ding. Points around, all around. Number two, 1984, Robots in Disguise. Uh, Transformers. We went Transformers. Absolutely. The toy that was originally a prop from Home Alone 2. Uh, we had a... We know the what, what it was, but we had trouble coming up with the name of it, so we mm. said Talk Boy. Mm-hmm. Well, you sure did talk, boy. Uh, that's what we want, talk, boy. And that is exactly right. Uh, number four, the Ty Warner Collectibles. Oh, Matt and I still have several hundred of these. Uh, <laughs> these are Beanie Babies. I hear they appreciate in value. Yeah. My uh, my retirement fund, the Beanie Babies. I made, I made money. Well, you got out while the getting was good. Those are both right. Uh, Tyco Sesame Street merch. We assume this was the uh, Tickle Me Elmo. We said the same. Ding, ding. The Virtual Pet from 1997. Uh, could go two ways with this one. Uh, Tamagotchi or probably Nano Pet would be an alternate. That was the American version. Uh, we Yeah, we kind of looked over both those options and locked in with Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi is correct. Uh, the Tiger Electronics Polyglot. This was the hardest one for us, I think. Well... We had no idea about number 10, but uh, this one we had some idea. We think this is the one that uh, modulates your voice as you speak into it, so we called it a talk back. Oh. Yeah, this one, Matt and I were having trouble as well, but then we, we looked at the list uh, sort of far away objectively, and we're like, well, what huge toy is not on this list? And then at the same time, we both looked at each other and yo, said, yo. Furby. Yeah, a capacity for language is what you are if you're a polyglot. It is Furby. Oh, I, I got that right, too. Yeah, Matt, Matt said exactly that. It makes us feel good. Number eight from 2001, Dolls with Attitude. Oh, those are brats, right? Yeah, this is where uh, Jeff gets all of his makeup uh, <laughs> makeup inspirations. We want brats. Brats is right. Uh, number nine from 09, Plush Robotic Go-Go Hamsters. Oh, that's the one I had the wrong year on. Yeah, we said Furby, Furby. on this one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we had a, a little bit of trouble with this one because we know that this... Uh, this item is primarily not robotic, but uh, we went with Richard Gere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? It is, in fact, Juju Pets. Oh, of course. Juju Pets. I don't think I've ever heard of that. No. You should have. Uh, I asked about these on our Christmas episode. Oh. oh. As like heard of that. top toys that were given or uh, top toys requested. So. Oh, 
Oh, how about that? No wonder you're doing so well on these. By the way, I can't even begin to express how much I enjoy saying plush robotic go-go hamsters. I could do that. I, I, I could make go downstairs and hodor that all, all night long. I didn't catch the year. I thought you were being tongue-in-cheek about the Furbies. but Our final one from 2016, Eggborn Chatter. Yeah, no idea about this one. We just said uh, Hatchums. <laughs> I think you guys are actually not too far off. We We were kind of fighting over what the pronunciation of this is, and we settled on Hatchimals. That's the exact pronunciation, oh, Hatchimals. Right. Sweet yeah, they were these eggs that they would turn into different animals and people went nuts over them. Right? Yeah, I'm sure there's some advertising exec who was like, I love the scene in Jurassic Park when the Velociraptor <laughs> sticks his head out of the, Push. the egg. Push. Yeah, so let's just make that but a kid's toy. Looks like uh, the old, old bums picked <laughs> up uh, 35 points. We're at 95. Despite and... the fact that we're both younger than Matt and Neil. Yeah. And you two dopios picked up uh, 45 points. You're mm-hmm. at 115. It was that extra year of living, which is really helping. So <laughs> on that one. Yeah, right. Uh, moving back in. Uh, this is a hard question, but I love this question. T-Rex has a goat skull and giant bat wings, rides a dragon, and wields the power of darkness. In what fictional setting does he appear? And can, can you spell that name? T-I-R-E-K. Hmm. It might be pronounced differently than I'm pronouncing it. I, I'm not sure. Hmm. It, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a like an album cover. I don't even know if that's a, a you know, a, a good mm-hmm. enough answer. Could be. Sounds cool. Okay. Yeah, we're locked in. Man, I was I thinking have... this is maybe in a video game somewhere, but... Yeah. Um, I really don't know, though. Dark Souls? Dark Souls, yeah. Let's say Dark Souls. Uh, this does not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, this thing. So this thing sounded so ridiculous that it might border on parody. So we kind of thought of something that would be kind of goofy. Yeah, uh, I was thinking that too. And locked in with Metalocalypse. <laughs> so when you think of a demonic force of pure evil, the first thing you think of is, of course, My Little Pony. You know, oh, as you started saying me. that, it came to me. <laughs> I said. <laughs> You know, My Little Pony. Oh, those bronies. Give me one second. I need to look this up. <laughs> you know, every time I've done some variation of this question, I've had to look it up myself because every time I see it, I'm convinced it cannot possibly be true, but it is. It's like a centaur. Oh, that's demon. pretty badass. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know that the My Little Pony fought monsters like that. What's this one with these real short horns? My Little Pony is way more goth than I would have ever thought. Yeah, that is true, though. Also got this chainsaw noise. In the... It's nice ambiance. If it helps, I can't hear it from where I'm sitting. So. All right. Maybe maybe this is nothing and the listeners will have nothing. And just, we'll just, have to... yeah. just wait for the blood-curdling screams. <laughs> if he's not in. using it properly, there may well be blood-curdling screams. Yeah, I would not be surprised. It's smoking pretty bad over there. Oh, my God. Number 12. In 1877, Charles Williams became the first person to own one of these in his own house. Actually, he had two since one is useless. What is it? Mm. So 1877, Charles Williams, first person to own one of these in his own house. Actually, he had two because one is useless. That time frame is right. I'm just, I'm trying to think of what the clue is about the other one being useless, though, because I guess you can't. We're locked in. Yeah. Okay. So, so you said phone. Yeah. Um, do you think it could be chainsaw? Okay, could it <laughs> Well, maybe it was chainsaw. One that was guy useless. That a second chainsaw. <laughs> um, so if we did go with phone, I'm just trying to think of why the second one would be useless because you couldn't. He couldn't call well, himself. Well, he was the only one with a phone. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Do you, I like that. You want to go with that? Yeah, we can lock in with phone. We're gonna lock in with telephone. That took a while. We said telephone. It is telephone. Apparently, he used it to place orders with his uh, kitchen staff for what he wanted for different heat. Oh, and he created DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Very quiet, very low-range DoorDash. Uh, number 13. The unfortunately named Kim Yoo-suk competed as a pole vaulter for what country at the 04 Olympic Games? Oh, you locked in. You locked in. I kind of remember this story. It's either got to be South Korea or it's got to be someone of Korean descent who's from like maybe America or yeah. Canada, maybe. Maybe Taiwan. Or Ta- Yeah. Because I've seen that last name before and there, I think there's a player in a minor league baseball right now with that last from taiwan yeah i think so i mean you have a better angle on it there then i was just thinking maybe it's a trick and it's someone 
who I think that more obvious. I think let's just go with South Korea and just Okay, you want to go the obvious? Okay. Yeah. Yep, South Korea seemed like the uh, obvious answer to us as well. Yeah, I'm pretty averse to trick questions, so it is South Korea. All right. Yeah. Good thing to know with the remaining uh, six <laughs> yes. questions. Yes, I've given you a valuable piece of information there. And uh, once again, thank you for everybody for tuning in to the uh, Triviality Chainsaw Massacre today. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, we do not have any human skin for you to wear, but I do have chicken, so if you want to. <laughs> in the 1990s, what little girl and future superstar racked up a series of World Karting Association Championships? Karting? Yeah, K-A-R-T-I-N-G. Yeah, we're locked in. Uh, Danica Patrick? Yeah, I mean, if we're going, yeah, like, a, you know, from the karting. I, I thought maybe karting meant, like, Mario Kart for a second, but luckily <laughs> Paul's... farther off. I was going more on the, like, Hannah Montana route on that one. Oh, are you? Um, I like Danica Patrick, though, I mean, because she's around our age, so if she was in the 90s, she would have been a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we're going to lock in with Danica Patrick. We'll, uh, we'll also lock in with Danica Patrick, who uh, shot a commercial in my uncle's garage. It is Danica Patrick. <laughs> All right. I used to be a combat pilot, so if I weren't very, very, very dead today, I could fly into the Queen's Airport named for me. Who am I? Well, I oh, know, you know I know the Queen's Airport. I, I fly into there all the time. I just don't know if, what the full name is, but... <laughs> the last name would be fine. Oh, okay. Or locked in. He was in World War II. Okay. Snoopy. <laughs> We've locked in with JFK. Oh. Oh, interesting. Uh, we locked in with LaGuardia. JFK was in the Navy. Yeah, uh, it is LaGuardia. All oh. right. Thank you, television, for saying that name over and over. <laughs> Next up. In honor of Oprah, Crayola made a special crayon named for what movie in which she appeared. Okay, we are locked in. <laughs> is there another one that I'm forgetting about? <laughs> they wouldn't make a crayon for the color purple, right? Wrinkle in time. <laughs> why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it just be a crayon that was purple that said the color purple? Yeah, because it's kind of a serious movie. Yeah, but they're a crayon company. Okay. <laughs> the color purple. We also went with the color purple. <laughs> Every now and again, you got to throw some softballs in there. It is definitely the color purple. Oh, man. Um, moving along. What is part of the name of a Harry Potter novel and the name of a Greek medal for illustrious citizens? I only know like three of the books. So I think not... those are the only two Greek words I can think of in the titles. Oh, that'd be a cool name for a medal. I don't think it's right. It's definitely Hallows. <laughs> that was a goblet of fire. Just tell me your chamber of secrets And I'll tell you no lies Mm. And that's as far as I go I mean should we go That one sounds the most Greek You think? Yeah that's fine Okay Yeah that'd be a real terrible medal The half blood medal Alright so (laughs) We're locked in So we're thinking either Order of the Phoenix Or Philosopher Yeah Those are much better answers Than what we put What do you think? I only locked in on philosopher real quick because so I know you like that's the Greek. Philosopher's medal. Yeah, I'm trying to think though. Not what was the, it for? Like, the Order of the Phoenix. Just illustrious citizens. He said. Mm-hmm. John Stamos has three. <laughs> trying to think of. Uh... <laughs> All right, we're gonna go with the philosopher's medal. Okay. Uh, initially, we wrote down John Stamos and the illustrious citizen, um, but uh, we, we thought this one sounded Greek, and it's probably ridiculous. But we said Azkaban. You mentioned it. It is the Order of the Phoenix. Um, Sorry, Ken. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what has several times happened to the town of Waterproof, Louisiana, most devastatingly in 1927? Locked in. Uh, waterproof, Louisiana, a flood? Where do you find the <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for like 25 years, so I've, I've, I have 100,000 of these. Can it be anything but flooded? I mean, I don't. what are you thinking then? I don't know. Waterproof. We're going to say flood. Flood, yeah. We're going to lock them with flood. Yeah, same. Yeah. Waterproof, waterproof Louisiana is not. It's uh, had several floods. 
Uh, moving on. Chinese is one. This is another one that I got some good feedback from, from people who wrote the Smarty Pants quiz. Uh, Chinese is one of the six UN languages, despite being spoken as an official language by only two UN members. One is China. What's the other? Oh, man. I need a minute. Do they speak Chinese there, you think? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I feel like they're too small to be in the UN. Okay. But is the, are they technically their own country? Well, that is an issue. Hmm. I mean, you wrote it down first. I'm okay going with that. Okay. We'll lock in with what might not even be a country in the UN. Okay. So speaking of things that are not even countries, um, I'm pretty sure Hong Kong is not on that list. Because I'm pretty sure they consider that part of China. Singapore? I don't think Singapore speaks Chinese. The, uh, I just watched Crazy Rich Asians, and I'm pretty sure they do. Then you might be right. My other gut was Taiwan, which may or may not be a part of China, but I think it might get recognized separately. Um, I say we say Singapore unless you think Taiwan is in the UN. We can say Singapore. I'll be okay with that. Okay. We wrote down Singapore, Taiwan, and Hong Kong, but Matt uh, wrote down one of those first, and he went with Hong Kong. Hong Kong is part of China. Taiwan is the Republic of China that got kicked out in around 1970, so the People's Republic had come in. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians, that was the right way to go down, because it is Singapore. Nice. Um, nice. Well, at least we all talked about the, the you know, different answers. I mean, the U.S. recognizes Taiwan as a separate country. <laughs> yeah. In theory. <laughs> Look at me go, learning stuff from movies. <laughs> the best source of learning anything. Uh, we'll do the next one. What scary cereal was especially scary because it used to have a dye that didn't break down the body, causing many kids' poo to be bright pink? Oh, I think I know uh, this one, Matt. That's my gut. Yeah, that, that's my gut as well. Yeah. Is it the same gut? Because either way, it's not breaking down. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have four different guts. We're like a cow. and We break mm. down everything together. Uh, I'm fine going with that, Matt. Yeah, a, a classic. All right, we're locked in. An oldie but a goodie. All right, so um, of the scariest cereals, uh-huh. I would think uh, Count Count Chocula. Chocula tops the list. Yeah. Then uh, Booberry, pretty scary, yeah. but not pink. Then Captain Frank- Crunch. Oh. Frankenberry, pretty scary and also pink. So going with Frankenberry. Yeah, we locked in with old scary Frankenberry. Frankenberry is right. So uh, when I was in uh, Europe recently, we asked our uh, tour guide, who was actually an expatriate of the U.S., um, what he missed the most about the United States. And without skipping a beat, he said, Count Chocula. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even have it year-round anymore. And I said, how could you just say Count Chocula is the... uh, the thing you miss most about the entire United States when there's several other cereals to consider. <laughs> Cocoa Puffs, for example. Yeah. Lucky Charms. Captain Crunch. Smacks. Lucky Charms, right? Can't yeah. just jump to a conclusion like Frosted that. Frosted Flakes. Right. Yeah. One of those five are definitely the best thing about America, I would yeah. say. Kicks, Cheerios. Applejack. Kicks. Get out of here. Kicks are for kids. That's not how it goes. <laughs> he could have said peanut butter. It, it turns out peanut butter is very hard to get outside of North America. Is it really? Yeah. All right, uh, that was the end of the second round. It looks like uh, Team Old Bums uh, are going to be at 165, and narrowly in front of them, Team Two Dopios at 185. Whoop, whoop. All right, Paul, what are the final round categories? So these are going to be questions 91 to 95 every single time for Smarty Pants Monthly. It's perennials that we do in the Ottawa Trivia League that are really popular. So these are the five. Movie title mashup. In the middle, Wikipedia categories, dead Canadian both or neither, date in the life. Our wagers are locked. Yep. Same here. All right. Shall we begin? Yep. Movie title mashup. We mash up the plots of two movies. You give us the resulting portmanteau title. So it's like Jeopardy's before and after. Mm-hmm. A lone juror played by Henry Fonda must use his neuralizer to convince 11 others that Edgar the Bug did not invade the Earth. In the middle, what is the missing middle item in this list of items in this particular order? Gordy, Davis, Pierce, blank, 
Welch, Robinson, Knobs. Though I've seen Knobs spell as Nos, K-N-A-U-S. Wikipedia categories. Whose Wikipedia page is listed in all these Wikipedia categories? 1947 births. American people convicted of kidnapping. History of Los Angeles. Maxwell Award winners. Dead, Canadian, both or neither. Which of those four is Olivia de Havilland? And date in the life. Give us any day, month, and year in which Kubla Khan lived. So as an example, if we were to asking about you, correct answers would include January 5th, 2019 and August 10th, 2010, since I presume you were all alive that on those days. So just name any date that he was alive. Day, month, and year. Okay. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, all of our answers are locked in. And before we get to Paul to tell us the correct answers, uh, make sure you guys join us over on The Crop on Facebook, uh, where you can interact with other listeners of the show. There's going to be a uh, episode thread for each episode released. And uh, we'll do a lot of announcements there, different videos and uh, questions and things like that. So join us over at The Crop if you haven't and interact with all the other Triviality listeners. Uh, Paul, do you want to go through the questions one more time and we'll give you our answers? Absolutely. So, mashing up two plots of two movies for a resulting portmanteau title, we had, as a clue, a lone juror, played by Henry Fonda, must use his neuralizer to convince 11 others that Edgar the Bug did not invade the Earth. So, we're glad uh, we started strong on this question <laughs> as we wagered 30 all the way down. Uh, this one is 12 Angry Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the listeners, we also wagered 30 all the way down Ooh. in true Pain Don't Hurt style. Uh, yeah, this one we had 12 Angry Men in Black. And you are both absolutely correct. All right. In the middle, I could tell was uh, troublesome for you guys. What is the missing middle item in this list of items in this particular order? Gordy, Davis, Pierce, Blank, Welch, Robinson, Nobs, Nas, one or the other. Well, I definitely had a reasonable doubt about uh, the answer to this question. Uh, we just put Johnny Tight Lips and how we got to the answer. Uh, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> uh, th- <laughs> this one, I thought I got caught up on Pierce and Robinson and thought these are Celtics. And I know Yuri Welsh was actually on the Celtics for a little bit. And I always associate this person with Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker. So we said Walker. Would it help if I told you that those were the maiden names of first ladies? Oh, probably not. Wouldn't have helped, but it, I, I guess I can see it. Would have been nice to know. I guess. Yeah, Rodham. So Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Well, uh, so Robinson is Michelle Obama and Melania. No, something. Oh. Uh, wiki categories. Whose Wikipedia page listed in all these Wikipedia categories? 1947 births, American people convicted of kidnapping, history of Los Angeles, Maxwell Award winners. 
We said uh, Charlie Manson. Yeah, uh, we went the same route with uh, Charles Manson. So it might have helped to have known that the Maxwell Awards is, according to Wikipedia, which I'm looking at right now, presented annually to the college football player judged by a panel to be the best all around the U.S. It is the college equivalent of the Burt Bell Award of the NFL, also given out by the Maxwell Club. Uh, all those things refer to Orenthal James Simpson. Mm -hmm. You're on the right track there, but... Uh... Yeah, no Naked Gun reference. That would have <laughs> put it over for you. If the answer fits, right? Yep. Dead, Canadian, both or neither. Which of these four is Olivia to have one? Uh, just a guess. Dead and Canadian. I'm pretty sure Olivia de Havilland is uh, British, French, something like that. I, I just knew she wasn't Canadian, and I'm pretty sure she's alive, so we said neither. So as of uh, 4.25 p.m. of May 5th, uh, 2019, Olivia de Havilland is still alive. Uh, if she dies in the next, between when this is recorded, when it airs, I'll be very sad because we'll have killed Olivia de Havilland. But she is 102 years old. Wow. She was a British-American actress born in Paris, so the correct answer is neither. All right. Yeah, I, th I thought she was going to be probably likely deceased, but and then I looked it up, and I was like, 102? Yeah. 103 this year? Holy cow. Yeah. And she's still on the warpath. She's suing uh, Ryan Murphy's uh, TV show <laughs> uh, for um, sort of defacing her legacy. Good for her. Date in the life. Give us any day, month, and year in which Kubla Khan lived. Uh, the date we selected is the year 1350, and the day is December 4th, which is my birthday, so send me some presents. Yeah. I also went with a birthday, my own birthday. Uh, I would also like presents. Uh, <laughs> November 15th, uh, we had no idea on the year. We went really early and said 327. Uh, so the 13-something was closer. It is any date between including September 23rd, 1215 mm. all the way to February 18th, 1294. Jeez. That was actually closer than I thought. All right. That concludes the game today. Looks like uh, we, the old bums, have uh, fallen quite a bit and wound up with uh, 75 points. And the, the two dopios over there didn't do too bad. They lost a couple points, but uh, ended up with 155. So you're the cream of the crop unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that, Harrison? Uh, well, whatever. I just want to go home. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank Paul, of course, for providing today's excellent game. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad. Yeah, those questions are all a lot of uh, a lot of fun. So make sure to sign up for the mailing list, mm -hmm. guys. Yeah, all those questions were from Smarty Pants Monthly. Paul, where can they find it? So you're going to go to TriviaHallOfFame.com. Look for the Smarty Pants link. Uh, it's, uh, you know, pay what you want. Uh, some people play individually. Some play teams, whatever you like. Uh, the next one is going out May 22nd. Scores due back May 29th. The next one is going out June 19th. Scores, oh, sorry. Next one's going out June 26th. Scores due back July 3rd. Uh, yeah, and it's meant to be the most fun midterm you'll ever do. So uh, sign up, and I look forward to seeing you. And you, too, can be a smarty pants. Jeff uh, looks a little defeated here uh, in my seat. It's something nice to look over where I sit and see what it looks like to be upset about losing. Yeah. Jeff, comments? No, no comments. I blame the chair. He, oh, yeah. Wow. You built that chair with your own hands. It's I your did. fault. It's sturdy, but it didn't help me at all today. <laughs> I'm going to blame my chair, too, even though it's my favorite chair. All right. If you're listening to this day of release, then Paul's Smarty Pants Monthly uh, will be releasing May 22nd. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did in the studio. Paul, any uh, last words before we let you go? As always, you guys are awesome fun. Uh, this podcast is awesome fun. And thank you very, very much for having me on. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Smarty Pants Monthly. And uh, to all the men uh, here in the studio, Jeff, Ken, and Matt, my name is Neil. And that was Triviality. Wow. Uh, dopio <sighs> coffee. There it is, everybody. <laughs> wow. Wow. Two mice. Two mice were in a bucket of cream.